Welcome to the Backstop Podcast. I'm your host, Ovi Muniz, and with me I have Sean Scanlon. We're going to be covering down this past week of the Red Sox baseball, and then we're going to talk about some other Major League news that's going around, especially this big no-no that was not considered a no-no, something that's called an achievement. And we're going to be talking about the upcoming events for the Boston Red Sox, the next couple of series. And much, much more here on Ovi's Backstop Podcast. The Boston Red Sox hit the field looking to get back on top of the American League East. We're breaking down every pitch all season long on Ovi's Backstop Podcast, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome. Let's start with the Blue Jays as they came into Fenway Park for a two-game series. That series came out to be a split. That's right. The Blue Jays and the Red Sox came with a split 1-1. The Red Sox ended up winning the first game but then ended up losing the second game. But overall, the bats were pretty much swinging on this one with the Red Sox average 275. With 19 total hits, scoring a total of 7 runs with 7 RBIs. But the little downfall is is that they struck out 15 times in the two-game series. On the other side in the pitching, the Red Sox pitched full games here with a total of 18 innings. But they gave up 8 earned runs. And I'm going to tell you right now, that boy, that starting pitcher, Gary Richards, I mean, he's, he's he's putting a shame on the starting pitching for the Red Sox. And I know Sean Scan is going to be ripping him apart pretty soon as once we cover our, our strength and weaknesses of the Red Sox. But we move on to the Mariners series. And the Red Sox bats kind of was a little bit flawless. They had one good solid game, and that was game two when the Red Sox ended up hitting 11 hits and scoring six runs. Uh, and the pitcher was fabulous there with, um, hey, a co- man, I'm telling you what, it's a combination of, of, of a lot of things here. But even though they, they made a split two and two, I don't know. Like, like I said, their average was a 231 and the ERA was kind of higher than usual with a 4.86. But the pitching staff is, by all means, tremendously awesome when I go and say that they struck out 38 total batters against Seattle with the second game striking out 12 and then the fourth game striking out 11, right? But on the other side, you know, the Red Sox offense continued to to strike out over 30 times, and that's the biggest problem moving on. And it's only a month of April. And, Sean, I'm going to tell you right now, before we even move on to talk about what's next for the Red Sox, the assessment here now that we're close to one month of full baseball, how do you see the Red Sox now? I think they're in a good spot right now. Um, obviously, they've been struggling a little bit after the nine-game winning streak. They, you know, they've been f- five and six uh, after that nine-game winning streak stretch. But I believe that you know they still have one of the better offenses in the league uh, coming into today. They led the whole MLB and run scored, and obviously, you know, I, I think that they have a, a very good uh, lineup. They have. 
some great hitters and JD Martinez and Xander Bogarts who are number one and two in the MLB in hits. Uh, you know, they're also getting contributions from Verdugo, who has been heating up as of late. Uh, Rafi Devers has been heating up as of late. And uh, they get some timely hits from other guys like, you know, Bobby Dahlbeck, who, you know, has been hitting better. Christian Vasquez, who has struggled as of late. But, you, you know, he that he's going to come with his bat uh, and it's going to come around at some point. So I, I feel good about the bats. Uh, what I'm really worried about is the starting pitching. And, you know, like you said, Garrett Richards, uh, I hate to say it, but that guy stinks. I, I just – I don't know how much longer I could see it. Uh, say how you really feel. Go ahead. I, I'm, not, I'm not holding back on this one. That that Blue Jays start was one of the worst starts, even including last year, one of the worst starts I've seen by a Red Sox pitcher in quite some time. Uh, he, you know, he walked six batters and uh, I think hit another one in just four innings, and uh, he had no control at all. It was just ball after ball. So, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of concerned about that, but – I think we have some other good starters, obviously, and Erod, who's been dominant so far. You know, he's 4-0, and uh, he looks really good in the last start against the Mariners. And then uh, I have trust in Evaldi, too. And then, obviously, we'll get Chris Sale back at some point. But Gary Richards, man, he's he's been a stinker so far. And I just I hope that Alex Cora, you know, brings up Tanner Houck at some point. Obviously, he was in the AAA site right now. But I think that he'd just be such an upgrade from uh, Gary Richards because he, whew, buddy, he has not been good so far. Well, I'll tell you what, Gary Richards already had a total of four starts. He's about to make his start on Tuesday versus the Mets. But look, his numbers and his stats is just not fit for being a Redside starter. I mean, his first appearance against Baltimore, only two innings pitch, gave up six runs. Okay. And he walked two and struck out two. And the second one, he gave up two earned runs. Uh, but Again, he's walking three batters. And the third game, five innings pitch, gave up two runs. None of them were earned. So it looked kind of promising for him there. But the last game you said against Toronto, four and two-thirds, gave him up four earned runs. I mean, he's, he walked six batters. So his control is out of the ordinary. I just don't understand exactly why Garrett Richards is in the roster right now. Um, if anything, I will send him to work, Kester. And, and as soon as that, that season starts, because listen, minor league starts in May, the first week of May. And some of these guys need to go. And we're going to be also talking about somebody else as well that needs to head back to the AAA to, to, you know, to get some rehab done, because I think that's what these, these players need is a little bit of rehab, uh, because we didn't really get much of spring training, but still. You're already in, in Major League Baseball mode, and yet you still are out of control in pitching. And that's what Gary Richards provides. He provides a whole lot of nothing, just assumingly that we may lose the game. Uh, and, and, and our offense, which is not built with power, is built with just contact now that even on our offense, we're struggling with runners in scoring position. So when you have Gary Richards on the mound, we're deemed to actually lose the game. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm worried for this, you know, two game series with the Mets because obviously Garrett Richards is going tomorrow. And then we have we have to face DeGrom, who's I think the best pitcher in the MLB the next day. So uh, if we can come away with a split uh, against the Mets, I'd be happy with that. But one good thing is that we're going on the road. Um, we were talking about it before, they're, but they're six and one on the road right now, and I eight and eight uh, at home. So they're a better road team than they are at home, which is is kind of crazy to think about. But that's the way it's been for the past you know two years. So I'm, I think this road trip will be good for us. I, I think that you know the Red Sox obviously they have the better uh, road record. So 
I think that, you know, if we can split with the Mets, we'll go to Texas and play a Rangers team who isn't great. So I think, you know, these next series are important. Um, and I, I think that will be pretty well set up. But like you said, you get with Garrett Richards tomorrow, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, his two middle starts this year, the, the second and third one were all right. But I mean, the, the first and uh, fourth one, like we said, he was just out of control. Uh, it couldn't find the strike zone uh, if his life depended on it. And uh, it just, I it just, it just, it's just unfortunate because everyone else, like, you know, like I said, Erod and Evaldi are coming out and pitching good performances. Uh, Nick Pavetta had a, a good performance against the Mariners. He pitched, you know, uh, he had a no hitter going into the sixth inning and then, you know, they, they blew it late in the game and lost the extra innings. But uh, like I said, Gary Richards, he's that weak link in, in the roster and, I don't, he doesn't have the option to go to the AAA site. Because, uh, they don't have that in his contract, so unfortunately they can't send him down there. But I, they have to make some kind of move. If he has another stinker like this, I, they have to either try him in the bullpen or or just kid, or take him out of the rotation because I, I it's just going to keep you know dragging down the this Red Sox rotation. Well, he'll be pitching on Tuesday, and then Pavetta will be pitching on Wednesday. And speaking of Pavetta, he came out. Look, he, he, he made some improvement uh, in there, even though he gave up two earned runs against Seattle Mariners in a loss. And he, actually, he didn't take the loss. Uh, six innings, one hit, two earned runs. And I remember this game because he was pitching a no-hitter in six innings. So, and then, it, you know, what bothered me most is these umpires, and particularly on that one because – there was some strike three calls that had to be made, and there were a couple of times Pavetta was walking toward the dugout thinking that his curveball sank into the strike zone, and then all of a sudden he has to walk back. You know, even <laughs> he was even he was the catcher was a little bit stunned. I'm like, oh, all right, okay. Uh, mm. But I think that was again. I mean, he uh, he threw 86 total pitches. You know, 55 of them were strikes. You know. But again, with all these pitches and everything, he also gave up three walks. You know, giving up three walks, you, you're 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 stacking up that those pitch counts. But he pitched marvelously. Then he had injuries coming up in relief. He did an outstanding job. But Adam Altavino, he he stacked it up, man. He blew it. He blew the game up pretty much. Two walks, gave up a run. Um, and again, it just this is just something that he is another guy that I have to be questioned about to see if should he remain because he has an ERA of 5.40, you know. And then you have Hernandez who, who is trying to, you know, handle his business in extra innings, and then he gives up four runs, you know, in extra innings, and that's not good. Not yeah, good that, at all. That three-run homer was a killer uh, at the end of the game because, you know, in extra innings he gave it that double, which was uh, the first run, obviously. And then I thought, hey, maybe, you know, for only if he can keep it to one run, we can come back in this game. But then the three-run homer, which, you know, gave <clears throat> gave the Mariners a four-run lead, just kind of killed us in the end. So, I mean, the for the most part, the bullpen has been reliable. But like you said, guys like Adam Adovino, you know, he's had some good performances, but other times, like you said, the ERA is just way too high. Uh, giving up runs and, and you know clutch situations, you know the late later innings, seventh inning, eighth inning times where you know we need to we need to hunker down and uh, you know stop the runs from coming in. But he's he's kind of been blowing them, and, and not just him, but Josh Taylor too. Uh, he's he's been awful. I, I think he's been the worst uh, in our bullpen so far. But other than that, you, you got guys like Andres who has been really surprising so far. Uh, he's he's had he's some made a lot on. of improvement. Yeah, 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 for sure. He's mm -hmm. he's had runners uh on on base, but you know he he holds those runs. 
And then, uh, you know, Matt Barnes has been lights out so far this year. Don't you get nervous with Andrews Pitts? Like, we have runners in scoring position and be like, oh, man, what's he going to do? And somehow makes it so dramatic to get three outs. That's, I mean, yeah. if anybody else, if it was the playoffs, y'all be having a heart attack. Yeah, Andrews <laughs> lives for the drama. He he needs uh, those runners on base to, you know, perform. But, I mean, I'll I'll take it. As long as no runs are coming in, uh, I, I could take the, the high drama. Of it. But it definitely – your heart almost drops when uh when he comes into the ball game. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, the Red Sox did beat the uh, Mariners six to five in their second meeting, but Martin Perez he only pitched three and two thirds, but he's another pitcher that he walks a lot of batters. He walked four batters, and and again that is a big concern. Uh, I don't know if it's the precise that they're trying to do or trying to be careful with their pitches. Or simply, I don't know if they're not just relaxed, especially being home at Fenway Park. You would think you have home field advantage. But my favorite pitcher that no one's ever scored, and I think I'm going to jinx it right now, Garrett Whitlock. I mean, this guy's unstoppable. We we got him from the Yankees. Uh, it was the the rule of five draft, I believe. So yes. I mean, well, luckily, you know, the Yankees uh, didn't see anything in him, and he had the Tommy John surgery last year. But he's come in this year, and he's been absolutely lights out. Um, and they don't the Red Sox don't use him that much. He hasn't had too many appearances, but when he does come in, he he could pitch for multiple innings, and and he shuts down uh, the opposing lineup. So he's been great so far, and I uh, he's got some electric stuff too, and he's super young. So. I think Garrett Whitlock's definitely one of those relievers that you know the, will be a Red Sox uh, on the Red Sox for a long time, and he's uh, been lights out so far uh, in this April. Yeah, absolutely. And look, Erod had a spectacular game Sunday. Evaldi, even though he pitched well, but came out with a loss that Saturday. Uh, th these are the top two starting pitches that the Red Sox have. And we may have to wait till the end of June or early July to see when Chris Sale comes back to add more more of a threat in that in that uh starting rotation. Yeah, and uh we could definitely use them cuz I mean like we said the Gary Richards has been awful. Uh Martin Perez, you know, he was probably our most consistent pitcher last year and he's been all right this year, but I mean I think Chris Sale would definitely be an improvement from him. And then uh I mean we also have guys like Tanner Houck who are in in AAA right now. So once Chris Sale comes back, I think this uh starting rotation could be pretty lethal. Uh, I mean, with, you know, Erod, Evaldi, then you got Chris Sale, who was our ace, you know, a couple years ago. And then I think Pavetta and Hauk would definitely round out that rotation. And I think, you know, if we can get him back, you know, like you said, late July, early August, I think that would definitely help out the team because I think we could hold on to first place in the AL East until then, um, knock on wood. But I, I think that, you know, the run, I think our offense will it will carry it carry us there and as long as we can you know be in that playoff range when chris sale comes back it's definitely going to be a huge help for this team and i i just feel like he shouldn't be in a rush to come back because obviously he's had injury uh history in the past he's you know at the tommy john recovery you, you got to take your time with that but whenever he is ready I, I think that he could definitely help out this starting rotation well the red sox are playing good right now uh first place in american uh, american league east Something that many people never thought that the rest of us could do this season. Uh, but speaking about that, let's talk about stats in the American League as a team. The Boston Red Sox leading in the batting average with a 276. Uh, they're also in home runs, surprisingly, home runs. We're not built for a power hitter, power team, but we have 26 total home runs, which is tied at third place with the New York Yankees. Uh, runs batted in. You mentioned we're in first place and runs batted in with 105. 
Houston Astros is second with 101. Uh, in hits, you mentioned it also. Boston Red Sox pretty much are good contact hitters. 213 hits in American League. The White Sox become second with 185. That's a big gap. That, yeah, that's a wide margin. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I can't speak more than even in the pitching, okay, we have the Red Sox up there. You know, we're striking out 207 batters already. That's in fourth. Only the Angels and White Sox and Yankees have a better strikeout ratio per game. So it's it's fabulous, you know, to say the stat-wise on paper. But when you look at the game, you know, you can, you can feel that concern like, mm, there's something else that the Red Sox need. And I always said that we need clutch. You know, if we don't have that clutch hitter, especially the seventh, eighth, you know, even in the ninth inning, it's just like when there's time that we need runs, you know, you expect like a David Ortiz, a Manny Ramirez, that type deal. We don't have that in that lineup. We got J.D. Martinez, you know, and he's hot right now, and Xavier Borgards, but when they're not yet in that lineup, who else are you going to turn to? Yeah, Verdugo's been hot, you know, and that's, you know, it's tremendously awesome. Marwin Gonzalez, he was clutch. I remember the series when um, I was watching with the White Sox, who was tied game, and the bottom in the eighth, and all of a sudden, Marwin Gonzalez hits a home run, and all of a sudden, the Yankees, dummy Yankees, the Red Sox have a four-run four rally. So, I mean, again, are we always going to expect that? No. We're, we're still struggling in runners and scoring position, and that's something that we need to improve on. Yeah, definitely. And I think we saw that most in the Mariners series. Um, we left a lot of runners on base, uh, especially in the the middle two games in the series. So I think that's definitely something we could work on. But uh, like you said, there's we've had some guys that have stepped up in situations like Marwin Gonzalez. You know, before that, he was with the bat. And, you know, that was his first home run of the year. Took a 96, 97 mile per hour fastball high. And he just absolutely rocked it to right field. And then uh, we've had guys like Bobby Dahlbeck, who I, I think it was earlier uh, in the twin series, he had two big doubles late. So I think we have guys that could step up. But uh, like you said, it's we were spoiled with David Ortiz. I think, you know, maybe the most clutch hitter in MLB history. So we, we definitely, as Red Sox fans, we expect, you know, when we're in, in close game situations, late in games, that we'll just have somebody step up to the plate and do that. But I do believe that, you know, with our offense, I think we do have guys that could step up, uh, especially J.D. and Xander. They're two of the best hitters in the MLB right now. And um, I, I think that, you know, other guys like Kika Hernandez, I think will be good in situations like that. Verdugo, like you said. And then uh, Rafi Devers, I, I think he, he he's not scared of the moment either. So I, I believe in uh, this team, especially in, in late game situations. And we've seen it so far. We've been in a lot of games where you know we're, we're giving up the lead early and that we we've come back in a lot of these games so i feel like whenever we're down i'm not worried with this team because they they just put their heads down and they they uh try to hit the ball and i think that you know whenever this team goes down i'm not too worried because i know that uh they're they're a resilient team and that they can come back against uh any team in the mlb well continue on the offense for the stats within the team itself jd martinez is pretty much leading in every category and he's for the month of April, he is definitely the MVP of Major League Baseball right now. Uh, he has a total of 30 hits, 10 doubles, 7 home runs, 21 RBIs. He's batting the 370. Alexander Bogarts is batting the 366. Alex Verdugo has a 325 average. And you talk about Rafael Devers, who had a slow start in that first week, 
His average is climbing to 269. He has six home runs and 18 RBIs. Um, more so that even when it comes to walks, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, and Marwin Gonzalez, they're in double digits already with 10 based on balls. So, I mean, these guys, you know, they're very intelligent when it comes to the plate. Uh, but Devers is also a wild man because not only that he has 10 base on balls, he struck out 20 times already, you know. So that's also a concern, but he's improving. He's improving all the way, and his bats is definitely showing. But my other concern is this. The Red Sox acquired Franchi Cordero from the Kansas City Royals, and as of right now, he's banging the 200. Uh, he has just only nine hits and 45 at-bats. So he hasn't done anything, and he struck out 23 times already. So there's a big concern, and rumors speculate that he may end up going to the AAA to get a rehab assignment, uh, especially when the minor league season starts in about a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think uh, the one weak part of this lineup is uh, the outfield, uh, aside from Verdugo, I think that Hunter Renfro, he's been good in right field so far defensively, but with the bat, I mean, it's just every time he comes up, I just don't expect anything. Because, I mean, he just he just hasn't been able to put the bat on the ball. He also strikes out a lot. And then, like you said, Frenchy Cordero, uh, he had a decent start to the season. He was up around uh, 270, 280. But the past uh, week or so, he's just he struggled a lot. So, uh, like I said, aside from Verdugo uh, and Hernandez, this outfield doesn't give you a lot uh, offensively. So, uh, I, 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 I kind of agree with your assessment. Uh, I think that, you know, we could have a guy like Jaron Duran, who's at the AAA site right now, who, you know, looked really good in spring training. I think that there's a chance that, you know, he can come up and uh, step up if if uh, these guys in the outfield don't start to to hit the ball. Because I think that, like I said with Renfro, Cordero has actually, he's handled the left field pretty well, especially uh, it's kind of tough, you know, playing with the green monster behind you. But, I mean, with the bat, though, these two guys just have, have not been able to do it. I got to give you props on Cordero because I was at the game against the White Sox. And he from the warning boarding part of the green monster he yep. threw the ball all the way to home plate and got the runner out yeah and, I, I, and and that was fabulous i mean that was the third out of the inning for the whole team to come back and that was impressive and from looking looking from the backstop okay because yes i was sitting at the backstop that ball the didn't look backstop, like had <laughs> it, the ball didn't look like it was like high speed there it just like went it just went, and you would thought like it went in slow motion, and then when you look at the runner, which has some speed, and all of a sudden he's tagged down. I was like, oh my god, that just happened, and that ball sailed like a curveball. You know, it wasn't a direct flight; it was like curving, like a little upper left echelon, and then all of a sudden, whoop! It sank right down, right to the glove of Plowicki. Okay, and speaking about Plowicki, Plowicki almost costed the game. You know, just something about him that his arm yeah. strength to second base is not there. You know, and I don't even know why he's trying. Because a couple of times I've seen him throw to second base, it was not even accurate. So there's something wrong with the backup catcher. All right. If Vasquez can't play, we need a we need somebody that can actually step up just like him. But uh you talk about Durant stepping up. Danny Santana is another guy that has a minor league contract that uh 
it's been stated uh, stated that he may come up if Cordero goes down. So I uh, haven't seen much of Danny Santana, but if he does, well, you know, we'll, we'll react and see what happens. You know, you mentioned Gary Richards. You know, Adam. You know, it's just again, there's just so many pieces, and again, it's only a month of April. Uh, but w- the weather's gonna get warmer. The cold front hopefully goes away, and we can actually, um, how you say it? Enjoy the May flowers. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's like you said, it's still super early, and uh, I, I think that the Red Sox are in a good spot, or a good spot, and I think they're in a good place, and I think that you know their success will continue. Uh, it, later into the season, but uh, like you said, it's still it's early. So I mean, there's a there's a lot of overreactions uh, in the MLB, especially in the the first month. But I think that the Red Sox are in a good spot, like I said, and uh, it's we we it's just important to remember that it is early because I mean anything could happen these next couple months. So uh, that, but uh, I, I I feel good about this Red Sox team though. Yeah, definitely feeling good right now, and with Boston being in first place with a fourteen and nine record. Tampa Bay Rays are in second place and closing in with Toronto Blue Jays. The New York Yankees and the Baltimore Orioles are tied for last. Uh, a lot of fans are, are are getting on the Yankees there, you know, throwing baseballs in the middle field and all the other debris. Uh, there, but they're not happy that the, the Yankees are, you know, stumbling in the, in the turtle ditch there. So, again, it, it is what it is. It's only 30 games. So something that uh, I'm not going to overreact. We're playing good game. Well, hopefully they continue doing that. Uh, in the central, we have the Kansas City Royals who is on, in first place. They have won seven of the last ten games, along with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, the Oakland A's, which has been hot. Uh, they, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they won 13 straight games. For now, they they had lost their game on Sunday. But 14-8, uh, and eight, climbing from out of nowhere. But what I what I notice is their runs differential is still negative two. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it's been a weird year for the A's. They started off one and seven, and then like you said, rattled off thirteen in a row. And then uh, a team like the Orioles is a team that snaps their streak. So it's uh, I, I I don't know what's going on with the A's. They they score a lot of runs, but I, I think that their pitching staff isn't really up to par. And like you said, if you look at the run differential, that what that's what really tells you um, about them. So I think it, it was a really impressive run, but I, I mean, I don't think you could expect that from the A's all year. No. And, and I expect them to even uh, improve even better because they do have a solid team. And, and again, 30 days into the season, let's see what happens for the next 30 days. Uh, in the national league, the Red Sox will be taking on the first place, New York Mets. They have a nine and eight record. Uh, but their run differential is at negative 11. We probably have a chance against even DeGrom and Aldone, even though DeGrom came back with a double-digit strikeout in his last appearance. Could he do it again? You know, you, we, we don't know. Uh, but right now the Mets are hanging in there by a game ahead of the Phillies. In the Central, the Milwaukee Brewers are two games ahead. And the Los Angeles Dodgers and the, and the San Francisco Giants are neck-to-neck, even though the Dodgers are up by one game. But – the Dodgers and Padres have a little bit of history. They're trying to compare that to the Red Sox and Yankee rivalry. I'm going to tell you right now, please don't do that. Please don't do that. The Yankees and the Red Sox have a longer history, and the chapter is not even closed. I mean, there's a new chapter coming up right now, and please don't compare them 
because we could still go back to 2004, 03 and 04, you know, with coaches trying to get into players. I mean, if, if you can know that Pedro Martinez could take down Don Zimmerman <laughs> or Veritek fighting against A-Rod, I'm sorry, man. I mean, I, I mean, we can go even way back, all right? But uh, there's nothing better than the Yankees and the Red Sox rivalry. I'm sorry. Uh, but if the Dodgers and Pirates want to do it, that's fine because, hey, the Pirates are trying to do the same thing that the Dodgers are doing, spending a lot of money, try to get into ahead of the National League West. But I'm still picking the Dodgers to finish first place in that division. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Padres, Dodgers, it's it been an entertaining series, uh, especially the game last night. You know, the Padres are down six runs, and they end up coming back and winning an extra innings. And, you know, they have a lot of superstars like Mookie Betts, obviously, Fernando Tatis, Trevor Bauer. But uh, like you said, nothing lives up to Yankees, Red Sox. I, I feel like, you know, just because we haven't had it this year, uh, there hasn't been a series yet this year, I think people are kind of hyping up the uh, the teams out West. But, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a great rivalry, but – I mean, it, the Padres have just become relevant in the last couple of years. So, I mean, to say that it's the best rivalry in the MLB right now, I think is uh, kind of they're just forgetting just about started. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're yeah, forgetting about Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah. And I we, maybe we're not even maybe going to see the Yankees, Yankees until later on this season. Yeah, maybe it's because the Yankees stink right now. Maybe that's why people are saying that, and rightfully so, because the Yankees, I mean, they get all the hype before the year, before the season. They they always get picked to go to the World Series, and then they just end up disappointing their fan base. I mean, that's just what the Yankees do. They're a terrible franchise with terrible fans, and uh, so that that's that's how I feel about the Yankees. The Yankees are like the NFL dad's Cowboys. When they I, always talk about them, that's a so great comparison. Americans team, but they got nothing to show for. But the Red Sox will take on the New York Yankees. Their first series starting June 4th through June 6th. That will be at Yankee Stadium. But here's another topic we need to discuss here. And it's about the no-no. That's right. The no-no that wasn't. And that was the, the, the front article in the Boston Globe. The no-no that wasn't. Madison Bumgarner holds Atlanta hitless in a seven-inning game. Now, that game happened on Sunday. It was a doubleheader, and the Atlanta Braves on the first game only batted one hit. It was a one-hitter. And then it came in the second game. Bumgarner took charge, and it was a no-hitter. Now, they call it now the achievement, only because by baseball rules, in order to have an official no-hitter, you have to pitch nine innings. Now, I feel like that is the wrong answer. If you change the rules to make a doubleheader a seven-inning game, why would you not credit the pitcher a no-hitter? It's not his fault. Yeah, I yeah, I, I could see both sides of this point, but I, I tend to agree with you, though. I mean, it, it technically is a no-hitter. I mean, it, it, he won a full game without giving up a hit, and I mean, you could say that it should be nine innings, but I mean, it, it like you said, it's not his fault. I mean, the, the doubleheaders, the rule is that you play uh, two seven-inning games, and he went a full game without giving up a hit. So, I mean, what does that classify? That should classify as a no-hitter. Yeah, why, I'm with why, you on this one. Why but, can't uh, you I, just say he pitched a no-hitter and then asterisk seven innings? Because technically yeah. now it's a it's a complete game. So you mean to tell me that now that if you pitch a doubleheader seven full innings, that, that it's not a complete game. 
Yeah. I don't, it's not it's, a shutout? Yeah. That's it, it is a weird rule. And I, I knew that like and, and you could see it in the video too when it, right when he threw the no hitter. I mean his teammates were kinda like pumped and he was kinda, you know, uh they were having a good time, but it, they could tell that it wasn't like uh they knew that it it, it didn't have a real feel of a no hitter just because it wasn't nine innings. But I feel like, you know, he like you said, it's a complete game with no hits, so it should be a no hitter. But I mean that's that's the MLB with you and their uh their stupid rules. Yeah, so an achievement, then don't even call it no achievement. I'm sorry. Just don't. I think it's a stupid rule, to be honest with you. It's even hard just pitching and not get a hit. One inning is hard. Two innings is harder. And every inning that you go after that, I mean, look, it's not like you could go up there and be like 27 outs. Look, you're not even giving 27 outs. There's only a total of 21 outs for that team. And he managed to get 21 and 21 out. Okay, so there was an error. Got it. Got a 28th batter. It is what it is. But, um, hey, somewhere somewhere down the line, somebody got to start critiquing that and be like, hey, you know what? That's that. You know, give the guy a break, man, really. But, uh, hey, upcoming schedule for the Boston Red Sox. We got the New York Mets. Excuse me. We have the New York Mets for a two-game series at New York. And then they'll travel to Texas for a four-game series. Until then, then they'll go home to Fenway Park to face the Detroit Tigers. So two-game series, we got Gary Richards versus Peterson. We got Pavetta versus DeGrom. And then when we go to Texas, we got Perez versus Gibson. Ivaldi will be pitching against Arara. And then Erod goes on there against Lyles. And we'll get to see Garrett Richards again for their final game of the series against the Texas Rangers versus Voltanuix. So uh, that's the lineup that we have right now. Uh, let's see what happens, man. Right now, things are looking promising for the Red Sox. Uh, I predict the split for the Mets game, but I won't be surprised if the Red Sox go 2-0, just the fact that they do better on the road. Yeah, absolutely. I, they're obviously a much better road team than they are at Fenway, but um, I, I, I think I see a split too. I don't know about 2-0 just because I don't have belief in Garrett Richards, and then, I mean, DeGrom, I, I, he's he's dominant, and I think the Red Sox could uh, contend with their lineup that they have and, and score some runs against them. Uh, they We faced the Mets last year, and we, we beat DeGrom, and that was, I mean, one of the worst teams in Red Sox history, so... I think that this year, I, I think that we definitely have a much better chance against the Grom. So if we could split with the against the Mets and then win at least three against the Rangers because they're not a great team, uh, I'd be feeling good about that. And then heading back home to play the Tigers, who also, I mean, might be the worst team in the AL. So I feel like if we can split with the Mets, I, I feel pretty good again about our chances, you know, going to the next two series after that. And I feel like after these next three series, uh, that we'll have a, a pretty good record, and I, I I feel like we'll still be first in the, the AL East. Yeah, I, I pretty much got confident. And again, for all the media and everyone hating on the Red Sox, I know it's only one month of baseball, but who would ever predicted that the Red Sox will be in first place right now? Uh, so congrats to them. More baseball to come. And there will be more OV's Backstop podcast coming up at end of every series. So you're definitely going to see uh, hear us on your podcast for the ending of the two-game series with the Mets and getting ready for the Texas Rangers. Also, we'll be live starting May 9th. That's right. Put it on your calendar. May 9th on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. 
And all the details will be provided on hhwshow.com. Check us out. And if you like us, hey, continue to subscribe. Follow us through in our podcast. You can get it on any of your audio podcast platform. Just go ahead and drop down Ovi's Backstop Podcast. And you're definitely going to tune us every series of the Boston Red Sox. On behalf of Sean Scanlon, I'm Ovi Muniz. Thank you for listening to the Backstop Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Ovi's Backstop Podcast, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. For more, visit hhwshow.com.